to this, the first broadcast from Oceans Inc. TV, live at the Rio Plus 20 Sustainability Conference. We've been hearing a lot about ocean issues today on the first day of our broadcasting, and we're going to take an assessment now with uh, the International Policy Director of the Pew Environment Group, Sue Lieberman, who joins us here, who's been listening in and also telling of Pew Zone activities at uh, the conference. So, Sue, from your assessment, Oceans are, we hope, going to play a very important role in the outcome here at Rio. Where do things stand at this point? Well, coming into this conference, Oceans were one of the top ten priorities, and that was agreed by the United Nations in New York. Today, the government of Brazil announced, the government of Brazil is now in charge, and the government of Brazil has said, we have four working groups, we have four priorities, and one of those working groups is all about the ocean. So we're very optimistic that there's going to be something strong coming out of this conference. There are a number of issues that, that we're looking at. We hope that the, at the end of this conference, the night of the 22nd of June, we can say the world is moving forward for the ocean. One of the um, issues that is on the table for oceans is to make the existing law of the sea, which governs the, the high seas, uh, more effective or indeed give it teeth. Can you explain a bit more about this implementing agreement? Yeah, it's not as complex as it sounds. The UN Convention on the Law of the Sea is often called the Constitution for the Ocean. It's how the ocean is managed. And it's 162 countries around the, around the world are parties, have ratified, have joined the Law of the Sea, and the others also agree that they'll abide by their provisions. It was drafted in the 1970s. There's, the word biodiversity doesn't appear there at all. And what we, not only the conservation community, but the vast, almost all the governments of the world are saying, the current state of the ocean, the depletion of fisheries in the ocean, all of the threats to the ocean, we need to be able to set some areas aside for protection. But in what's called the high seas, think of this as areas beyond national jurisdiction, where you go beyond 200 miles, nobody's in charge. It belongs to everyone or it belongs to no one. How can we establish parks, reserves, protected areas there where we don't even have any legal mechanism to do it? We all would rather not have a negotiation for a couple of years of a new agreement or a protocol. There's no choice. If Australia wants to declare a marine reserve, in fact, they just did that this week and it's, it's incredible, they can do it under their national law. But there's no law for the high seas that says this is how you do it. So that's what we're saying. It's time to establish the legal structure, the means, the mechanisms to regulate what's going on in 71% of our planet. Okay, Sue, so stay with me because we're going to get your assessment of another oceans-related happening today. Uh, the World Bank and two UN agencies held a press conference to talk about a new initiative on oceans and to give their assessment of the state of the ocean going into this Rio Plus 20 conference. The state of the living ocean, our healthy oceans, is not where we would want it to be 20 years ago when we were in the same place when we agreed language on oceans as part of Agenda 21. This is not the situation we imagined we'd find ourselves in 20 years later. So we, we bear a collective responsibility um, for the fact that our oceans are 
um, as polluted, as degraded, and as overused as they are. Um, we share a collective responsibility for the change in the climate, which is changing the, si the science and the chemistry of the oceans. We can't build inclusive green growth. We cannot lift the remaining um, um, billions of people out of poverty without having sustainable oceans. We cannot solve food security unless we can provide sustainable aquaculture and the protein that comes from that for the billion people who are still hungry today and those who depend on fish and fish products for their protein. And we won't be able to solve um, for the issues of climate change unless we better understand what is the interplay between the oceans and the atmosphere. We see that, that the possibility by uh, 2030, using population growth and to a certain extent the uh, IMF predictions for, for GDP growth, that there could be a, a gap between the supply of fish and the demand for fish to the tune of uh, 50, 50 million tonnes annually. Charlotte Smith from Green TV. Do you feel that the oceans will get the priority that they deserve and should be a dominant issue? Judging by how the negotiations have been going so far, the, the text on, on oceans and, and fisheries has been, been quite promising. Obviously, as you know, this isn't, isn't finished and there are still things that are contentious, but in general, I think that's a very promising text. We're hearing some views there from United Nations officials on the state of the ocean and what Rio can achieve for the high seas and other issues affecting the ocean. Uh, with me still is Pew's Sue Lieberman. Sue, What's your perspective of the World Bank? We see the World Bank there on the same podium as United Nations officials. It's now getting deeply involved in what's happening in the oceans and it announced today this global uh, partnership for the oceans, which includes the private sector as well as governments. What's your view of that? Well, our view is the fact that you've got the United Nations the World Bank, the United Nations Environment Program, and almost every government in the world saying we need to talk about the oceans is good. It means it's time. It means that what the ambassador from Brazil said the other day to the, the Brazilian media, this could be the summit for the seas. And that's fantastic. We in the conservation community, the Pew Environment Group and others may have a different perspective about what needs to happen. We think the World Bank can do tremendous good with helping to build capacity, training, infrastructure in developing countries, particularly developing coastal countries, small island countries. They really need help with enforcement and stopping illegal fishing, stopping boats coming into their ports that have been that have been stealing the fish basically from these countries. We're a little concerned that the World Bank is also looking at a, a new program to privatize fisheries, to sell shares in fish on the high seas. We're very worried about that. We're hopeful, but that will uh, not be the center-most bit of their plank, but they'll really work at assisting developing countries. That's what the World Bank is all about, and that's what we hope they'll do. You know, what we're hearing here, there may be some negotiations and discussions on text, no one disagrees that their oceans are at a tipping point. There's a crisis. 85% of fisheries globally, 85% are overfished, depleted, recovering from depletion, or completely overexploited. 
only have another 15% left. So if Rio can take action on sustainable fisheries, illegal fishing, and all these other issues, then this truly will be a <coughs> successful summer.